1: Well, you did say your computer was acting like a little bitch this morning, so of course. Take seven.
0: Gentlemen,
2: chairshot bets all back up in your earballs. PC Tunny here, along with Christopher Platt, and I'd bet dollars to donuts you'll be back next week listening to this show once again right here on Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. And with all that money you won, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com/slash/TheChairshot. Pick yourself up a great T-shirt. Christopher, how have you been, my friend?
1: greetings and salutations ladies and gentlemen mr tunney i am spectacularly well and only getting better and i hope we did win you some chair shot fuck money last week yeah. with some of our picks
2: <laughs> i mean if you i just, doubt it yeah. but i hope so listen all these picks are for entertainment purposes only what you do with them is up to you we has nothing on us we just hope you enjoy listening to the show i can tell you right now that chris and i we don't bet these picks we just pick them and we pick them for pride <laughs> and you know you'll figure out what we're good at picking and what we're not i think uh just stick with us you'll just be entertained so so take everything with the grain of salt here and uh we'll just keep on plugging away but chris do you notice anything different about me at all
1: no no oh yeah you got a little uh Little love mark right here uh, below your eye. I don't know what happened there, sir. Did you did you shoot your eye out, Ralphie?
2: Yeah, my Red rider BB gun exactly. <laughs> Just missed the leg lamps, got me right the eye. Uh, no, I so I have glasses. I would say they're medium sized glasses, right? They're not thin. They're not gigantic, right?
1: Okay, cool. I don't know the difference.
2: All right, anyway, so he, he would, <laughs> if someone, like, shot something at my eye straight on, it would hit my glasses, so my head had to be tilted up a little bit, right? So <laughs> here we go. This is the greatest way ever to start this story, how I have a burn underneath my eye. It's not very big. It's it's maybe the quarter size of a dime. Uh, so right before I go to bed, I'm hungry. I'm like, oh, I want a little snack. So let's have a cheese dog.
1: <laughs> Baby.
2: So how could would you, you make fry it? How, I would how would you make a cheese dog, Chris? Because there's a I number of, a che- of ways you could make a cheese dog and then tell us what how you would choose to make your cheese dog.
1: Um, never had a cheese dog, but I mean, you could boil the hot dog, you could deep fry it in like a fry daddy or something like that. If you don't you could put it on the grill, maybe put it on the foreman, stick it in the air fryer. hell, you could even microwave the dog if you wanted to. What would you do? Um, I wouldn't make a cheese dog. But okay. if I did, I'd probably throw it on the grill.
2: Okay. Well, I didn't have the time. To, I was wanting to go to bed. I just wanted to do a little something quick. So I put it in the microwave. And I must have put it in the microwave a little bit too long. <laughs> and it wasn't long at all. And, like, I like to pop the microwave open with, like, one second left on it, you know, which is really don't do that. Maybe wait and count to five after you're done <laughs> when it hits the buzzer, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> here we go. This is... This is a. This all happens within about a second and a half. Here I am, three, two. As it hits one, I wait that like quarter second, and then I, I, I'm here's my face right up. Don't Not that far away either. The microwave is probably at stomach. I'm six foot one with my shoes off. I like to say it like that. So the microwave is on a counter. That's it's probably sitting about just above waist high. And i maybe, my face is maybe four or four and a half feet from the microwave. Just coming over to push the button, right? You know, reach out, push the button, open it up. And I'm at an angle where the, the opening of the microwave, it's it's got a clear shot at my face, apparently. And this hot dog must have been in there just a fracture too long, you know. And a piece of hot dog shoots off the hot dog as the hot dog bursts open, you know, when you cut it on the grill. And it's a little, maybe I should have plugged. maybe I should have put holes in the hot dog with my fork, right? So anyway, this piece comes flying out, and this is all happening like like this, right? And my head's tilted down to look, but as I see the piece coming out, what do I do? What do I do? I flinch like anybody would, so I allow enough of an angle for that piece of projectile sizzling, God knows what kind of meat it actually is, to just, and it sticks right <laughs> on my face. It sticks, it sits there, and it sizzles, and I got to pick it off there, and I was like, ooh, I should eat, I didn't eat it, I didn't eat it. That would have been interesting. That's like a little self-cannibalism, right? Like a little piece of ice, scarred sizzling <laughs> flesh stuck to this pork. I put quotation marks here. I threw it out. I was like, oh, my God. So I had to put some of that triple antibiotic on there and, you know, everything else, wash it out. And
1: <sighs>
2: So to this day, I'll always probably have a scar there, which is kind of great. It was, What's, what is that scar from? I'm like, I give you fucking as many guesses as you want. <laughs>
1: Be a good way to make some money speaking of chair shot bets.
2: I mean, come Cheshire. on, seriously, that's that's a that's a once in a life. That's where it's the pain is kind of worth it, there is for the story, you know. We're all about the stories anyway, Chris, right?
1: Touche, touche, but but three things, Tony. Number one, try a little aloe under there, that should oh, help sure. heal it up a little bit, yeah. Uh, number two. Shout out to your microwave, man. It has tremendous aim. I don't know what you did to the microwave to piss it off, but it's been plotting that revenge for quite some time, and it, it took advantage of its opportunity. So shout out to the microwave. Number three, sir, welcome to Chefhood, because everybody knows you're not a real chef until you have a war wound in the kitchen. So congratulations to you, sir, and welcome to the club.
2: Yeah, you're, yeah well, thank you. I appreciate that, <laughs> I think. Anyway. No, it's a bad spot, yeah. yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, well, I think we've spent enough time here where we can head on over to a commercial and come back with some actual sports talk. You're listening to Christopher Platt and PC Tunney right here on Chair Shot Bets, part of Chairshot Radio Network. Follow us at Chair Shot Bets, and remember to always use your head.
1: This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
2: Alright ladies and gentlemen, enjoy John Tesh while you can because we are coming to the end of the NBA season here tonight. Christopher Platt, someone finally has a chance to secure the Larry O'Brien trophy. How do you like the new Larry O'Brien trophy where they got a little bit of the net silhouette inside the lower part of the uh, trophy there underneath the ball?
1: I guess. Personally, I'm more of a traditionalist. I like the old trophy better. You know, but don't, if, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sure.
2: I see that. Are you surprised that where we're at here... Warriors with a chance to take it home game six. I guess you wouldn't be considering you're the gentleman that told us it would be the Warriors in six.
1: I did. So I'm not surprised, but I am surprised if that makes sense. I'm surprised because as I've watched this series unfold, I feel like Boston is the better team. But the this is the bottom line right here. I I, I actually brought a stat with me today, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. That's right. I have a stat. Yeah, sound Ooh. the alarms. <laughs>
2: Na 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 the stat man.
1: <instruction> I wouldn't go that far, but this is the series in throw a nutshell. The,
2: throw out the stat signal.
1: <laughs> the stat signal pop. That's funny. <laughs> but this is the series right here. Okay. The Boston Celtics this postseason are twelve and two when they commit less than fifteen turnovers. Conversely. They're one in seven when they commit fifteen or more total turnovers. So the bottom line is, if Boston doesn't turn the ball over, they win the they win the games. Period. And that's especially dangerous against a team so explosive offensively as Golden State, because two or three bad possessions on offense, man, and a three point lead can quickly balloon to twelve, and then it's it's rap city from there. So while I am surprised, excuse me, like I said, I'm I'm not surprised because this was my pick. I am surprised because just watching how these games have unfolded, Boston is the better team, but they're just kind of shooting themselves in the foot. But it's similar to something you and I both said. You, you can't teach championship experience. You know, Steph went off game five. Shout out to Andrew Wiggins. I know there was a lot of money about him being the MVP of the series, and I kind of scoffed at that, but He's come up pretty big the last couple of games. He's been their MVP these last couple of games, has he not?
2: Uh, No, two of the biggest games of his career, especially Game 4. Here's the stat I got for you is the fact that for the first time in these playoffs, the Celtics have lost back-to-back games. They were undefeated after a loss in these playoffs, and the Warriors are the first one to figure out the formula. I'll tell you what, the stat line for tonight's game is Boston minus 3.5 at home over under 2.09.5. I'm picking the Warriors, and I'm taking the over. And I think you're going to see Klay Thompson have a really big game tonight. And I think you're going to see Curry end up with like 25 and 10, solidifying his his MVP. But Curry um, will be complemented definitely by Klay Thompson in the in the up, mid to upper 20s there. Gary Payton Jr. is and very, is, is the unsung hero of this series. They lost game one without him. I believe he did not play in game one, and that guy brings energy and toughness and a rhythm to their game and helps them out just as much as Draymond Green and Wiggins and anybody else on that team, Jordan Poole. So I, I just wanted to say a shout-out to him. For me, he's been, like, the secondary MVP. You know, he's been the guy that's picked it up off the bench and everything else for them that's really made a difference, in my opinion.
1: No, I agree, and... Yeah, as much as it's hard for me to believe that Boston is going to lose three consecutive games, I gotta stick with the Warriors because I said Warriors and sticks six so rather, so I feel like I gotta stick with it. Um, if I'm betting though, I, I might take Celtics minus three at home last game in the Garden this season. I, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to lose three consecutive games, like you said, Tony. They haven't, lo- they hadn't lost two consecutive games in the postseason up until the last two games what are the odds they're going to lose 3 if In- consecutive I mean. fair
2: enough all right over or under 209 and a half tonight
1: uh i'm going to take the under okay i think this is going to this is going to be one of those uh knockout dragouts i can see this being like a 98 93 type of game you know what i mean because the championship is on the line
2: who ends up being the MVP of this series if Boston wins? Is it clear-cut Tatum? Could there still be somebody else from that team to step up? Obviously, in these last, there's a lot of games left, right? I mean, someone like a Marcus Smart or Jalen mm-hmm. Brown, or even an Al Horford has two gigantic games. We've seen him capable of going off for 30. Is that still up for grabs? Or if Tatum just shows up and puts up his 25 and you know seven and seven, he's gonna easily win the MVP if they can take it home. They'd have to do it on the road as well.
1: Actually, I think Jalen Brown's been the best Celtic this series. He's been the most consistent. And, I mean, you know, um, Tatum's been putting up the stats, but his his stat line and his usage rates haven't been the best in every single game. But to, uh, Jason, Jalen Brown has brought it every single game. I think he's been the most consistent Celtic and has been the best player in this series for Boston.
2: Last question, NBA. little Homer question for you.
1: Middleton's healthy, Bucks win it all. Ooh, that's tough, man. I'm going to say no because this Boston team was just so tough defensively. They they were just – this was just a, a – I don't want to say a juggernaut of a Boston team because they might not even win it, but I, I think it was time for those two guys, speaking of uh, Jalen Brown and Tatum, to break through and make it to a final. So with all due respect to Milwaukee, I, I think we get the same results here.
2: Okay, that's fair. No worries. Let's get into uh, the, the – let's get into oh. a little – Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. My fault. Just, no, no. just real quick, man. Did you see the guy that dressed up as Clay Thompson and got into the arena and even got some shots up on the floor before they figured it out and kicked him out?
2: No, I didn't. That's good for him.
1: Yeah, it's it was fucking hilarious. So it's this white dude. He's a YouTuber out of Arizona and he does bear a, a really striking resemblance to Clay Thompson, especially the way that he did his hair and his, uh, his beard and shit. So he's got a camera guy following him, and he just walks straight through security. No credentials, no nothing. Security is dapping him up like, yeah, way to go, Clay. We got to get him tonight. Oh, yeah, we got him. Dude makes it all the way into Oracle Arena and literally is on the floor and got a couple of shots up before one of the security guards asked him, hey, do you have NBA credentials or whatever? And then they they kicked him out. And I think, honestly, the only reason that he got found out is because – He airballed a layup. (laughs) Like he tried to shoot a left handed layup and it was the most unathletic thing you've ever seen and it didn't even hit the net. And the cameraman's like, dude, did you just airball a layup? And then one of the security guards comes over and asks for his credentials. But even the security guard says, nice try though. Like you got to be impressed with him. And then, of course, Oracle Arena—they banned him for life after the fact. But shout out to that dude. I wish I had his name, man, because I would—I would send you to the YouTube page. It was fucking hilarious.
2: I just—I you can easily just go to YouTube and and search "fake Clay Thompson." Before you can even before you can get
1: the <laughs> L in Clay, I think it comes right up.
2: It's fake space K. You should get fake Clay Thompson. There are a number of different lengths at which you can check that out. But yeah, it does seem pretty interesting. Uh, to Platts. You know, it's 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 like the hiding in plain sight kind of thing. You know, if it's close enough, your brain just syncs it up because you don't think someone has the balls to do that. But the fact that he exactly. the fact that he out how tall I wonder how tall he was. To me, that would have been the he has to have been at least six four or six
1: three then, right? Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, he had he had to have some size on him. Yeah, because it doesn't and then to airball
2: a layup and be that tall, that's pretty difficult. <laughs> so that's that's really a that's a no brainer. That's a red flag. So. All right, let's get uh, into a little bit of a colder bedding scene here. Chris, what's the insurance company that has the commercials where, like, we have ants, we have an ant problem, and, like, they have, like, their actual aunt comes over and talks to them about, like, the leftover stuff in the fridge, and then the one person, they have an animal in the attic, and it's the actual Muppet animal, Right. That's Geico, isn't it? Okay, so this the new couple during the hockey was uh, we have a lamp problem and the lamp. So when the kids are playing street hockey and whenever they score, the lamps flash red and they and they hear the hockey horn and there's like a <laughs> smoke that goes up behind the couch too. Nice. I'm like for hockey fans, <laughs> that's perfect, right? So we heard the lamp, we saw the lamp lit seven times last night in Colorado as the Stanley Cup Finals opened. Uh, The Avalanche trying to win their first cup in a while. First time back in the Stanley Cup Finals as the home team there. And the Lightning trying to win their third straight Stanley Cup in a row. Going for legendary status there. Seven goals were scored. Boy, the first three out of four were by the Avalanche. And it looked like this was just going to be a runaway. But Tampa Bay held strong. Put up two goals in the second period. We went to overtime. And it didn't take more than 90 seconds. It was 83 seconds in and it was just a nice cross ice pass and finish by Colorado to take game one, and the fans were going crazy. But if this is what we're in for, Chris, sign me up because playoff hockey is excellent. Stanley Cup playoff hockey is even better, especially the farther you get in. It gets a little chippy, but it's nonstop action, and you got maybe one of the best franchises, best possible dynasties ever in Tampa Bay going up against one of the best young fast teams in in hockey i can remember in a while
1: i'm pissed off i missed that game man i was too busy watching aew dynamite and talking to my mother on the phone but seven goals yeah that's fun as hell yeah the first period was excellent three to one four goals in the first period wow wow um, similar, to though, to my thoughts in the NBA Finals, man. Number one, shout out to the New York Rangers. It was a hell of a ride. It was a hell of a run. It was fun. I hope y'all didn't ride with me on that pick, because if you did, I lost you some money. Call 1-800-MY-BAD. That's 1-800-MY-BAD. <laughs> yeah, send your hate
2: <laughs> but, but, mails to at It's me, DPP.
1: There you go. There you go. And uh, it's a uh, Ray dollar Sign Cash, R as in Mysterio. Oh, R-E-Y as a Mysterio,
2: <laughs> C-A-S-H as in Dollars. He also goes by Ray but, um, Cashington's the 74th.
1: There you go. <laughs> but similar to my thoughts about the NBA Finals, you can't teach experience. This is the Lightning's third consecutive Stanley Cup. They're going for their third consecutive win. Colorado, they're super talented, but they're also super young. The smart money here is with Tampa Bay, isn't it?
2: I don't know. Not after last night. It's interesting because, yes, Tampa Bay has been even down 2 nothing. And then come come like last series, they're yeah, the they were down last series lose, two nothing. Lose, I was looking good after, York, after that
1: first weekend. Yeah. Crack,
2: <laughs> crack the code and away they went. Right, so we'll see. I mean, obviously the series, no one will say the series has begun until the Avalanche win in Tampa Bay, right? Just to kind of like the old NBA playoff adage: the the series hasn't begun until the road team loses or wins a game. So would it behoove them against a very talented and hungry Colorado Avalanche team to probably get one of these two? Yes. Are they going to have a choice? We'll see because these teams are pretty evenly matched, right? Vasilevsky seems like he maybe could have stopped one of those, two of those goals last night. But, I mean, the Lightning are the Lightning and the Avalanche are the Avalanche. This is a really, really good, interesting series to me. As we sit, Avalanche lead the series 1-0. The series odds have shifted. If you put up 300 on the Avalanche, you'll win 100. But if you put up 100 on the Lightning, you'll win 240. To me, that's a great value bet, the Lightning being plus 240, because we've seen them be able to come back. Uh, I would – Boy, if I was still betting, I'd easily throw 50 on this to win $120. You can easily make that money back in different games. You can also hedge your bet down the road because you know you have that difference in what you're going to make as opposed to what's going to happen. So, folks, hedging is a really good thing. When you know you're going to win, you can almost bet the other side to ensure you don't lose or ensure you win a little bit of cash. So make sure you bring that into your gambling repertoire as you have bets that happen over a length or period of time. Chris? There's going to be the people that throw that 300 up going, they're going to win that 100, thinking that the Avalanche have the Lightning's number. What do you say to those people, and where do you lie? With the people who are really loving the way the Avalanche played, or to people like me that love the value and believe in the Tampa Bay Lightning here?
1: I actually agree with everything you said. I would hedge down the line, but you got it. The, the smart money is still on Tampa right now. I mean, you have to bet them just because of their experience. You've seen them literally be down before this postseason and they've come back to win. So, yeah, the smart money is betting you 100 to win you 240. And then you can, you know, hedge something down the line with uh, Colorado to make sure you'll be good on both sides. But, yeah, that's definitely the smart money. That's always the smart money. Why would you bet 300 to win 100 unless you're you're personally involved with the Avalanche franchise or some, some well, case? Well, then you shouldn't That's be no doing that. That's no point of then gambling. You,
2: then you should We don't support that. We don't support that.
1: <laughs> don't I know support. Calvin Ridley no,
2: does. Yeah, no insult. Oh, boy. Now we got problems. All right. Game two you, does you take can. place Saturday in Colorado. The Avalanche, pretty decent favorites at home. 100, bet 150 to win 100 or take Tampa bet 100 to win 140 over under in this game is going to be six goals Chris do you see an, uh, the game going over six goals again or do you see more of a defensive struggle as these teams are starting to figure each other out
1: I see more of a defensive struggle as these teams start to figure each other out I would also take Tampa Bay in game two as well because I don't know how many of you guys out there and ladies if you're listening have ever been to Colorado that altitude thing that they talk about like that shit's real man I was there maybe 15 minutes and I pulled into my spot my little condo that I was staying at and I had to climb up the stairs it was probably about 10 stairs at the most right by the time I got to the top I was winded so like that that's real like that altitude thing is, is really real so it might have taken it might take Tampa Bay you know a few days to get acclimated to that and kind of get back to that's one of the reasons why Denver has such a the Nuggets and I guess the Avalanche as well have such a uh, strong home court advantage or home ice advantage. So, yeah, I, I think that Tampa Bay is going to get acclimated here to the to the conditions and whatnot. They'll be breathing better. I would take them. The smart money's on Tampa Bay here in more of a struggle. I'd say, you know, I, I don't see six goals being scored. No. So I'd take the under in that as well.
2: All right. I tend to lean your way just because I'm leaning with the lightning, but I can definitely see where – it can get out of hand in a hurry. The Avalanche can put goals up really, really fast. Nonetheless, folks, if you're tuning in, you're in for some really good action here. Uh, NHL play NHL, their biggest raise in ratings or revenue in, in a while, I've I seen them come across the stat line. And it's pretty obvious to me why. They're back on ESPN, Chris. I mean, ESPN has a way of making people pay attention to what's going on with their sports. You get covered on SportsCenter more social media, et cetera, et cetera. So believe in the mothership that is known as Disney, ABC, and ESPN, I guess.
1: Yeah, ask Stephen A. Smith, because you remember in the late 90s, early 2000s, he was at ESPN, and then he got fired for whatever reason, and it's like that Mellon farm was in Siberia. Like, we, you know I mean? There was no Stephen A. whatsoever, and then they brought him back, and you see what he's doing now. But, yeah, that's definitely it, man. And, you know, hockey, I don't think hockey ever recovered from the lockout. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think that was the last season I really paid attention, which was, what, 93, 94? That's when the Rangers finally won after, like, 40, 50 years or some shit. That was really the, yeah, they were were on ESPN. They had a lot of momentum. A lot of people were talking about hockey. Hockey was in the consciousness. And then the strike happened, and, and all the momentum they had, went completely can put in out the window. And they're really just now starting to come back. Like you said, they're they're back on Espen and they're just starting to gain that now. But hockey is fun, man. It's a fun game to go to live. It's a fun game to watch. Even if you don't know what's going on, you just see a bunch of motherfuckers hitting each other with sticks. What's wrong with that? That's fun. That's entertaining. I'd love to see the ice capades, fucking Mary Poppins and Cinderella catch a fair one on the ice, you know? <laughs> but uh, and playoff hockey is, is absolutely phenomenal. So uh, if you love sports, it, just give it a shot. That's all I ask. Just give it a shot.
2: Ask questions. Most hockey fans are not like football fans. They're more than happy to explain the rules to you. You know yes, you watch football. You're like, like, you know what? Offs, so fuck you. Go figure it out yourself. You know, I'm trying to watch the game <laughs> here. You know, like, who is this guy? He doesn't even know the fucking rules. <laughs> and yes, yes, here, here, quick ser- public service announcement before we go to a commercial break. Yes, football fan, we know they could call holding on every play. You don't have to tell us. We get it. This is Chairshot Bets, Chairshot Radio Network. It's it's uh, what is it? PCM Platt, right? We'll be right back.
1: welcome
2: back chair shot bets here on a thursday afternoon pc and platt with you you can follow me at pc Tony. you can follow him at the real c platt hate mail to add it's me dpp and rey as a mysterious CASHS and dollar signs it's ray cash oh i got go ahead who else you want to dig on go
1: ahead i gotta i got a bone to pick with you uh man. why me you totally, you made me put up that goofy-ass Cam Newton picture on Twitter, and then you totally no-sold it. Where was it? I, I you were forgot. busy this weekend, but goddamn it, you wasn't that busy.
2: Guy, listen to this. We're staying at the fucking Hilton Doubletree, whatever the fuck you want to call it. A-OK, number one hotel, right? You can't even get fucking free Wi-Fi. You gotta sign up to be a rewards <laughs> member, then you gotta verify the email, then I put the damn thing in, and it still didn't work. I'm staying at this fucking five-star hotel, and I got no fucking Wi-Fi. Lick my ass, Hilton. I guess you didn't have a bone to pick with me. I had a bone to pick with Hilton.
1: That's the violin I was playing for you, sir, if you couldn't tell.
2: Oh, can you bring, bring out? Hold on. Keep going. Bring out the wine and cheese.
1: <laughs> did you at
2: me? Oh, there it is. Yeah, I totally did.
1: Yes, I added you. Yes. Hold on. Hold on.
2: Uh, hold on. Sorry about that. Go ahead, check your Twitter now. it's
1: a week late. Nobody cares. Nobody cares anymore. It's over. Okay, the gag is over. It's done, okay? It's done. It's over. Don't do this. Please don't do this. Don't do this. It happened already. God damn it. Oh, but I feel like this tweet won't go through for
2: like 12 hours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, moving right along.
2: Yeah, let's get into it.
1: Oh, Son of a bitch, ball. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. Suck my white ass, ball.
2: Yeah, ball. Suck my white ass. So, on a personal note, I just got back from a golf trip and had a really nice golf outing um, yesterday. So, I've been playing a lot, played some really nice courses, had a really good time with some buddies. I think the highlight of the trip was we went to a really nice supper club right on the lake. Lakeview. We had a really cool guy bartender, young kid, athlete, nice guy. And then we had a really hot girl bartender, sassy, loved to give us shit, hooked us up with some free stuff. Um, dude, I had the duck. It was excellent.
1: Nice how they make it.
2: Um, it was just. It had like an orange sauce to it, and like came the, out with nice. the two two legs and everything. So. I chowed oh. on one. I let the rest of the crew. We had six guys, cut it up and take some piece of the duck. You know, another oh, you got a whole duck. Oh yeah.
1: Oh nice, nice. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, it was a half duck. But then uh, some other guys oh, had the shrimp. Some other guys had steak. Some other guys had this and that, and some odd stuff. And we just split it all up. So it was a really good time. But uh, nice. golf was fun. It's delicious, by the way. Oh yeah. What's a, what's your favorite yeah. exotic kind of protein? Uh,
1: probably duck, actually. Yeah and it's yeah cuz it, you say exotic cuz i'm thinking cuz i eat a lot of chicken a lot of turkey that I wouldn't necessarily call that exotic though no. you know yeah um, i would
2: say not ex- i say exotic would be outside of beef pork chicken uh fish
1: oh within well, turkey all day.
2: well turkey is chicken
1: basically But you, you you said okay you did say poultry didn't you
2: no i didn't i said chicken but well, there you but go. not so all poultry though chicken and turkey chicken and turkey yeah like a quail would qualify <laughs> Because it's an alliteration as well, which is perfect. <laughs> I'd go I am. I'd,
1: I'd go I, dumb
2: I, I haven't said this line in a while. Do you think I even get it right right now? Nope. I I am an advocate for the administration that allocates alliteration all across America. Hey. All righty.
1: Yeah, they say. That they, they,
2: I know, but I, I don't care. I, I'll even track oh. track back even farther. You know, the the, the the route to a good podcast is to pop yourself first, right?
1: Touche, touche. Well, you play. Hopefully, you you pop yourself before you start podcasting because it might get kind of awkward if you you know. So golf so you, oh, rattlesnake. Oh, rattlesnake. Oh,
2: that's nice. Alligator,
1: ostrich, Never bison. Alligator. Never bison is good too. Bison is good. Never had ostrich though, but I do like bison. Frog's legs. Not bad. Yeah, frog's legs aren't bad. Little gamey, but not same as rabbit. Little gamey, rabbit. but not bad. Squirrel. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not a hick. I'm not eating squirrel, sir.
2: Road opossum. But
1: did you did you, did, did you run over it and oh, yeah. back to the crib? Oh yeah,
2: Jed. <laughs> me and Jed. We were shooting at some It's funny, <laughs> it was like it was like oil or or dead rodent. I was like, let's just take the road and they'll figure the oil thing out and <laughs> And the show never got made. Uh golf, folks, golf. Golf. We're talking US Open. Flat, did you see any of the interviews these guys had leading up to play this week? Namely like Phil Mickelson or uh, or Brooks Kepka. You know, any of these high-profile PGA guys or high-profile live guys. Some of these guys got lambasted at the interviews.
1: Poor Phil, man. And it's hard to feel sorry for Phil because he's such a, a, a insecure schmuck. That's a, that's just you know how I feel about him. But poor Phil, man. Like they should have. Somebody should have cut his mic. Like AEW did with MJF a few weeks ago. Like God damn, he did himself no favors, man. They roasted. Speaking of duck, they roasted his ass. But hey. Public personas and and public people, people of the public, celebrities, whatever. A good no comment's not the worst thing that you could ever say, right? I'm not saying. I'm just saying, man. (laughs) What what do they say? It's better to be presumed an idiot than to open your mouth and prove them right? That's a very good (laughs) point, Christopher. That's a very, very, very good point.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I— it's tough because who's to deny these guys a right to go out and make a living? You know, our government works with with these companies, and who's to say mm-hmm. how righteous any of the companies are that support the PGA Tour, right? Just you don't know. It's really tough when you got guys like Phil, et cetera, that are playing and live and getting notes and letters from families of 9-11 saying, how can you support this, right? I mean, I don't think that's that's apples and oranges, in my opinion. Phil hasn't done a great job of trying to... Uh, not make waves but I like the fact of what Kepka said he comes out and he's like listen you know I actually feel bad for the U.S. Open once for once because a lot of people don't feel bad for the USGA because they do what they want they do when they want to do it they don't really work well with the PGA they're the USGA and they're going to run the U.S. Open how they want where they want it and stylize the course and have who they want there but to have this black cloud cast over the U.S. Open, I mean, I would actually kind of say, hey, look, at, this is a chance. This is what it's going to look like if the live golf continues, is the majors are going to be where we're going to see who has the better tour. They talked about a dream scenario for the live golf tour. That would be for Phil Mickelson or no, actually, I would say like Patrick Reed and Dustin Johnson to be in the last group and for Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas to be in the second to last group and Dustin or Patrick Reed win the u.s open right because then it says that the best golfer in the world you can argue or the best two golfers in the world you can argue are in live golf right so the more guys that finish up higher in this thing for the live the better it's going to be interesting though patrick reed not necessarily great at u.s open dustin johnson can win anywhere There are a number of guys who can play well here. Don't expect Phil Mickelson to make the cut, folks, okay? Don't expect Phil Mickelson to make the cut. He's just a name that's out there. But he's earned his spot there because just 13 months ago, he's won a major championship. Don't forget that.
1: Okay? So these guys have earned it. He's he's legacy at this point, too. Like, he's been around forever.
2: But, I mean, on top of take away the legacy, he just won a major last year. So you're on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's exemption for two to five years on some of these majors, right? So – They asked – Mike America's caddy, Michael – I forget his last name.
1: Flaherty. No, 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 no.
2: Black guy. I'm saying is this the Flaherty? Oh, you're
1: talking about uh, Michael Collins.
2: Michael Collins, thank you. You're talking about Flaherty does great golf interviews on the Golf Channel, Irish guy with the white hair. Yeah, yeah. But he said he talked to some anonymous players and caddies and said, how do you feel about this? And they go – "I." it doesn't really affect us. We still have to do what we have to do here. You know, I don't think you understand how in, introspective golfers are on a, their approach to what's going on. They can, they have to play the course. You know, they can only play the course so well. It doesn't matter what everybody else does. So on top of it, another group of, of golfer and caddies said they've they're actually earned their way into this event. They've qualified already. So why wouldn't they be able to play? So it's an interesting dynamic. It's a conversation that's continued. And Chris, I would say it's been... 20-plus years since golf was this forefront of the sports media as far as with a big topic like this. It's been since Tiger was being the best golfer we'd ever seen for a period of time since golf was on this forefront with the league separation possibly here.
1: Yeah, but I, I um, I guess any publicity is good publicity. I don't know... This is just a real messy situation, and I don't think anybody really wants to be associated with this whatsoever. It's just messy, and I'm not going to fault anybody for taking money. I would love if somebody just came out and told the truth, said, hey, man, these melon farmers are offering me a shit ton of money, man. I got a family to feed. I worked my ass off to be in a position where I could make this kind of money. I'm going to make this money. Yeah, that sucks, 9-11 and this and that, but uh, your government— is still friendly with Saudi Arabia. So and like like you said like you don't think these corporations over here do fuck shit too like let's everybody just get off our high horses. Let's fix our house first before we start trying to dictate to other countries how the hell they should be running or what the f- that's why. <laughs> that's why. And that's before you even get to the prize money. Don't mess around and win a tournament or two. Right. Yeah, DJ getting
2: 150 does help. All right. Let's make our picks. Let's make our picks, Christopher and let the people get out of here. As it's been a really difficult time recording this show uh we just had a glitch so you might have missed something there, but don't worry, I'll try and cut it up real nice <laughs> it happened again Chris <laughs> um let me give you my fave and my underdog uh my fave I'm gonna go with someone a little bit off the board here no I'll give you my I'll give you the underdog first Wyndham Clark he's been playing well in the last few tournaments here my underdog Wyndham Clark and he's coming in at plus. 50,000, folks. That's right, plus 50,000. So get your picks in on Wyndham Clark. Who do you like as an underdog, Platt?
1: Underdog. I'm I'm looking at this um, Justin Rose here at plus 7,000. Lost a little bit of audio here, just kind of subletting
2: some in. Just to clarify, you do have our underdog picks, Wyndham Clark, Justin Rose. Our favorites, though, Platt's sticking on the Scotty Scheffler chain. And I'm gonna continue going with Rory McElroy, maybe to win back to back here this week. Platt, you got a question for me to
1: finish the show? Yes. Yes, I can hear you. So just real quick before we get out of here, man, I wanted to ask you, because we talked last week about Tiger turning down the opportunity to play on the Live Tour. Do you think that the PGA came and visited Tiger and they worked something out? Or is it a case of he being him being so him being Tiger, so image conscious? especially considering what happened 10 years ago that he didn't want that blowback, any of that blowback to get on to him? Or is there another option I'm not thinking of?
2: I think it all happened in a certain percentage of way. Obviously, we know Liv made the offer to him. I would imagine the PGA would be stupid not to reach out to talk to Tiger and his thoughts on what's going on, a major change in the landscape of professional golf. It would just be ignorant on their part. So I'd like to think that happened. Um, I think we're both more on to the fact that I don't know that Tiger's ever been about money either, and I'm sure he has enough of it. And on top of it, how much does it hurt his branding as well? You know, I am Tiger Woods. It's like him and Jordan, they're secondary brands for Nike. Where do, what does that do to that? So I think it's a smart play for him. I don't think it means anything for him to win that. The money doesn't mean anything. The, he's still tied for the most PGA Tour victories ever, right? He's not number one. He's tied on top of being three majors behind Jack. So he has other things he can do the more he plays in the PGA. As far as legacy goes, the money's going to pour in for his family until this world is no longer. So.
1: Yeah, touche, touche. All
2: right, we're going to wrap it up here before we have more technical difficulties. You can follow me at PC Tunney. Uh, you can follow this show at Chair Shot Bets. Make sure you're going over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Shot, picking yourself up a ChairShot t-shirt, listening to everything Chair Shot Radio Network on all your favorite streaming platforms and the Chairshot.com where you can always use your head. Chris.
1: Y'all can find me at the real seed plat and everything Tuddy just said too.
2: There you go. <laughs> Let's see. We got, we got like a 25 seconds of an outro here. If we see that this machine can keep recording for us, but uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully it wasn't too choppy. We'll see you next week. You can bet on it.
0: I a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand through the streets of Soho in the rain. He was looking for the place called Lee Ho folks Gonna get a big dish of beef chow ah Well, was London? Ah-hoo! whoa well. the chairshot.com Always use Buy rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
1: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point.
0: 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree?